0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday. We've almost reached the end of June. It is June 28th today. Wherever you are, uh, whenever you are, are listening to this, again, I wish you God's love and God's presence. I, I, How can I wish God's presence? Of course he is there. I guess I wish uh, your openness to that presence, your openness your, in your mind, heart, spirit, being. Uh, to say yes, to continue to say yes to God. Hope your weekend was a good one. Uh, And we are going to um, continue through Matthew's gospel today. It's actually a feast day today. It's the feast of St. Irenaeus of Lyon. So we're going to talk a little bit about Irenaeus. The truth is it'll be a little because I don't know that much about Irenaeus. But what I do know, I love, and that is a quote by him that I've used numerous times. And my guess is you've heard it too. But before we get to that, let's break open God's Word. It's going to be Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 to 22. So a short gospel, pretty familiar, but uh, let's break it open and see what Jesus is inviting us to today, okay? We're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other shore. A scribe approached and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus answered him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead my friends the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ so just a couple of bit things here i mean really okay so what what we know let's set the stage jesus now in in matthew's gospel gosh we've been reading mark right on the on the sundays and The last two Sundays, Jesus crossed over one side, got to there, and then immediately crossed back. So we're hearing a lot about crossing. This is Matthew's gospel, though. So um, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gives orders to cross to the other shore. It's really interesting. I'm not quite sure why he would do that. Um, And again, don't have a good answer there. I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, One would think he he would want to see a large crowd, and then he would preach to them because that's what he did. Uh, with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, And maybe he needed a little quiet time. That's certainly something that Jesus does on occasion too. But in this occasion, when he saw the crowd, he gave orders, um, let's go to the other side. But before they were able to do that, two things happened. One is a scribe approaches him. Now this is something. Remember, scribe is part of the elite class that's gonna be in the temple in Jerusalem particularly. You're gonna have your Pharisees and Sadducees your scribes, and elders. Um, The Scribes might be like lawyers and things like that, and and, uh, scribes were those who were scripture scholars, would know, and were able to write. Not everybody was able to read and write. Back then, scribes most certainly could, and they helped pass on that tradition. All of those that I mentioned, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, elders, they were all very learned men, Uh, in this case, always men. And uh, and generally, because they were part of the status quo, and Jesus was not anti-status quo. We need to, to remember that. He was not about changing things for changing's sake. He was about following uh, and falling in love with with his father, his Abba, his daddy, right? He was inviting people to do that. And he was a Jew. He said before, and we need to remember that that he did not come to abolish the law, but came to fulfill it. And, uh, and where he ran amok with these scribes and Pharisees and elders and Sadducees is because he invited them to, to that further the law, to, to make it something that was lived experience, part of their, their, their heart, something that was beyond, uh, not just external, but internal, and he invited the church to more, and those who were part of the status quo, who the status quo was serving, particularly those uh, in the heads of the temple ministry, right? They don't want to see a change because that means they have to change, their source of income has to change, uh, their livelihood, uh, their whole life has to. So they were railing against him, not necessarily because they didn't see what he had to say. It was pointing toward God, but it was pointing toward a completely different lifestyle and livelihood, and they didn't want to to move in that direction. Well, here's a scribe that approaches him that is very different. This is more like the Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea crowd who were with Jesus, although certainly Nicodemus was, was less open because he came to Jesus at night, right? If we know John chapter three. But, um, here, this is a scribe who approaches him and says, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Gosh, what a wonderful statement, really. The scribe is to be commended. But Jesus doesn't make it easy on him. And here's why. Jesus isn't cutting him down. He isn't saying, "And no, I'm not sure I want you. Or he isn't saying, fantastic, you know, this is great. He's being honest and saying, listen, if you're going to follow me, you need to know the the end line that that you know the 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 tape we're gonna break when we get to the end of the race that's that's nowhere near that's nowhere near um, I know Mr Scribe you're pretty settled because because you are part of the system in Jerusalem you're part of what's going on here and uh, and and that system serves you pretty well, and and you may want to change a little bit and reform a little bit of the system, but what he's saying is, listen, foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man, he is nowhere. Teresa said, there is no home, um, there is no place where we go and say, this is the end of the line. This is this is what ministry looks like, and I've made it. And good, ah, uh, meaning if if you, Mr. Scribe, are going to get in uh, and want to follow me wherever I go, that's a lifetime commitment. You're following, and and that journey doesn't end. It doesn't end. Isn't that the truth, though? I mean, because he says that to you and I, of course, right? Because we're we're those followers right now. And and listen, you wouldn't be in your goodness, you would not be listening to this podcast. I mean, who the heck am I? You know, God love you. You're you're listening to this meatball. Um, But you wouldn't be listening to it if you did not desire to wish to follow Jesus more. In the same words of the scribe, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I really want to follow more closely to you, Christ. I want that. And that's a wonderful thing. But we need to know, if that is something that's coming from our heart, um, we're jumping in the deep end of the pool, you and I. And that's an okay place. He's gonna be with us. That's and that's good. He promises that. But brothers and sisters, there's never an end point in in, in two cases. There's never an end point in terms of of our discipleship, um, and 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 um, in terms of just Hey, you know we've—I well, said two things, but really they're—they're they're kind of converging. There's really not an endpoint that we can say I've—I've I've reached it. I understand who Jesus is fully now. I understand who God is. I, I understand what it means to be a disciple, and—and and I've met that goal, and I'm really happy with that. That was—that was the work of 56 years of my life. That's terrific. Now I can put my feet up and just relax. No, my friends. Jesus Jesus is always beyond us. There's always more for us to understand. There's always more that the Word of God invites us to. There, there's always more that we can be stretched into. Remember I talked a few weeks ago about we'll never be perfect when, when at the end of Matthew 6, when he says, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Then we're never going to be there. That journey never ends, not until we're in the kingdom, but that journey of being perfected every day, of trying to be more and more humble and and giving those parts of ourselves that continually pop up and are honest and real in our lives, that we have to continue giving those Brothers and sisters, this journey doesn't end. That's what Jesus is saying to us. The journey of discipleship it's so great we're on it. and, he, and, and I, I, I don't want to speak for Jesus, but I'm sure He loves having us follow him. But he's saying, listen, don't get into it thinking that there's going to be a place of rest, the place where you have been fully stretched into my, my you know into the full stature of who I am. No, God is always beyond us. And if Jesus truly is the image of the invisible God, which of course he is, right? Then he, Jesus, is always beyond us. And we always have to be stretched more and more. And the other side note here that I think Jesus is inviting us to as his followers right here is he's saying, listen, I've got no home. Where is his home? It's within you and me, right? That's where his home is. And that's really all he needs. You know, My friends, you and I don't have to go to seminary to be a follower of his. We don't have to understand. And and when somebody says a scripture verse, be able to say, you know, here's the the book and here's the chapter and here's the verse that that came from. It's okay. But you know what he needs? He needs us to say yes and invite him in. I suspect you've done it a hundred times and and so have I. And every time we get Eucharist, right? Every time we take communion... That's what we're saying is, Lord, make your home in me. Make your home in me. That's what he's inviting us today to. My friends, we will never reach. That journey of discipleship, it's a lifetime. But you know what I know? It's what Jesus says before, right? In John, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way is not a path. The way is not a destination. The way is a person. It's Jesus Christ. And as long as he makes his home within us, we can keep on that journey because he walks with us, just like on the road to a mass. He walks with us. And maybe that's enough. I think it is. Let's go to the second part here. Boy, I've been talking a lot and I haven't yet, even gotten to the second part. Um, so then another of his disciples come up. He said, I was a scribe. That's really good news. And he says, listen, no destination. You're always going to be stretched. You're always going to need more. God is always beyond. It's it's the rest of our life. Then another disciple comes and says, listen, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus almost sounds cruel in his response. Jesus says, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Right? I mean, that could almost be taken cruelly. That's not what he's saying at all. He, he, you know, he, most likely, you know this disciple of, uh, that wants to follow Jesus. Let's say his father most likely was was fit as a fiddle. You know, maybe he's my age, 56. Okay, I'm not fit as a fiddle, perhaps, but but you get the point. He's not near death, uh, or 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 maybe even he is near death. Um, and Jesus isn't saying, "Listen, your father's not important." And that's I, I don't think that's what he's saying at all. In fact, I think he's he's saying the uh, the other. The, the, the opposite of that. I think he's saying, listen, I get that you want to honor your father and mother. That's part of the law. I get that part of honoring them is staying with them because in their old age, they may need you by their side. I get all of that and that you want to be with them and serve them and uh, and be with them to bury them ultimately. And so what essentially this disciple is saying is, I, let me be with my dad while he lives out the rest of his days. That may be, you know, a month, it may be 20 years. We don't know what that's going to be, but he may need me and I want to be there for him and I want to honor him. That's not a bad thing. I think Jesus is saying, listen, as noble as that is, as good as that is, and it is, brothers and sisters, there can be no excuse that gets in the way of us following Jesus Christ right now. Even noble excuses are still just that, they're excuses. And Jesus is saying, we must follow now. That decision point, that decision point to say yes, right? To open our hearts, our lives, our beings, and say, Lord, make a home in me. That's today. That's today. It's right now. And that journey, that's forever. That's until the day we, we uh, enter into the kingdom of God and, and say that ultimate yes, right, to that invitation. I think that's what our God's inviting us to. If there's something, brothers and sisters, or some part of your life, some part of uh, uh, some relationship, some you know aspect of, of your life that you've been holding back from, from Christ, gosh, today's a great day to give it to him. Great day. Because you know what? Even noble excuses, even good reasons, are just reasons not to do it. And Jesus says, don't let any of that get in, in the way. Let's talk just uh, briefly about St. Irenaeus. Uh, St. Irenaeus lived in the second century. Now, this always screws me up. The second century means the 100s, right? Because the first century was the aughts, was the zeros, was that that first years that Jesus lived. So anyway, he was born about 130. He was born in Turkey. If only holy things could come from Turkey since Irenaeus, you know, just nothing, nothing. Um, And that was a shot at my brother. So, you know, if you are Turkish out there and listening to this, God love you. Um, but Irenaeus was born in Turkey, but he was a bishop ultimately in Lyon, which was in the south and east of France, not far from what we would see as the, the border now between uh, Italy and France in that area. So ultimately, he was a, he was a brilliant man um, who helped fight what was one of the heresies of the time, uh, which was called Gnosticism, and I can talk a little bit more about that, but just know that that was a heresy at the time. Um, And two things about Irenaeus that I want us to to really know and and worth contemplating. The first is when he debated the Gnostics, he didn't debate them to um, humiliate them. He didn't debate them uh, to defeat them. He debated them to help convert them. And that's a big difference, isn't it, in how you approach something? It's not, it's not, I'm the victor, you're the loser, and, uh, and aren't I wonderful? Because there's a whole lot of ego involved in that. And uh, Irenaeus wasn't a man of ego. Well, I, I never knew him. But uh, but what little I know, he was a humble man. He was a, he was a brilliant man a humble man. And his whole goal in, uh, in defeating Gnosticism was not uh, one of ego, but was one of conversion so they could come to know who Jesus Christ was in his fullness. And I think that invites us to say, when we are, I don't know, debating, someone debating may not be the right word, arguing with someone, disagreeing with someone, what's our ultimate goal in that? Do we wish simply to be seen as the victor, uh, smarter, uh, the winner, Um, I don't know. Or do do we take a different tone um, to try to inculcate and to try to um, invite them to see the world through our eyes, which hopefully is seeing the world through Christ's eyes, right? Because that's really the goal, right? And, and Irenaeus of Lyon did a, a marvelous job with that. The other thing I want to say is this, is a quote he said, and, and I've used it numerous times, even on this podcast. It's one of my favorites. And it says this, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Think of Lazarus, right? When he came out of the tomb, he was bound head to foot. And what Jesus's last words in that story uh, to those people were, and unbind him and set him free. Brothers and sisters, that is the goal of our Christian walk. Our God sets us free. And that, that's really what it means to be saved, isn't it? Is that, that we are unbound we're not bound by our sin. We are not bound by any other person's idea of who I need to be, only God's. And that sets me free and it unbinds me. And, and, and that's the glory of God, is that we are unbound to be who he made us to be. And when we give others that same freedom to be who God made them to be, we unbind them and they are set free, not through because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. And that's the glory of God. When, when someone is unbound to be who they were made and called to be in Christ Jesus. St. Irenaeus, brothers and sisters, he was a martyr, died uh, year 202, so 72 years old. I don't know what he got martyred for. I, I'm sure it's faith, of course, but not particular um, in that. But uh, let's invite him to pray for us today, okay? So let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we start the Glorious Mysteries today uh the first glorious mystery of the resurrection jesus rises from the dead our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Irenaeus, pray for us. God's blessings, my friends. Thanks for uh, taking time to uh, break open God's word with me today. May your Monday be wonderful. And I look forward to us sharing some time together this week. God's peace.